I smell vermin poontang. And the only good vermin poontang is dead vermin poontang. I think. Welcome to another episode of the Stuff and Things Podcast. On tonight's episode, we'll recap the beatdown in Minnesota over the stupid goofers. Uh, we're going to look at Iowa has a basketball schedule to talk about and uh, look forward to Saturday's matchup with the Nittany Lions in Happy Valley as Hawks uh, have a big road game this weekend. But make sure you stick around. We'll be right back after this. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. When we wanted to start a podcast talking Hawkeye sports, Anchor was our spot to go. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right. So this past weekend, the Hawks hung one on the old stupid goofers and Phil Fleck. I still can't stand him. Obviously, uh, Kirk's not a fan either. I think we realized that after at the end of the 35-7 to game there on last Friday night. What would you think of the Friday night game? I kind of liked it. I didn't really mind it uh, at all. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't want to do it on the regular. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, maybe once a year isn't all that bad. With, uh, yeah, again, uh, with the Chiefs being on by, it really kind of freed up the weekend. It really did. To, to, you know, follow things along, but really not have to care to tune in at any specific time. So, no, it was nice. Like, it was kind of kind of really cruised in, you know, getting off work, grabbed, uh, grabbed some, uh, some delivery pizza, watched the game, hung out, and then there's your Friday night. It was, uh, it was nice. So, I don't know. What, what do you think? I uh, I saw that well Minnesota must like Friday night games. I saw they're playing again tonight, but no, it was it was different. Like kind of all day Friday at work, you're just kind of like, oh yeah, the Hawks play tonight. It's yeah, which that definitely took some getting used to. Like I had to, yeah, just like you kind of re remember that the game was on Friday. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean all in all, it's not bad. I wouldn't want to do it all the time because it's nice to have something to look forward to on the weekend. But my and God, do I love beating the shit out of the Gophers! And yeah, like so what a what a kind of tale of two seasons so far. You know, if you just split the first two games and uh, off from the the last couple, you know, just the, the first two games were kind of a carbon copy of one another, and then you you could really say even though the the margin was different, you know, the the Michigan State and the uh, the Minnesota games were kind of kind of the same thing, just not even close. I mean, Michigan State was, you know, they just jumped on them and, and just there was never a chance course you know this this last weekend it was uh you know 14 and a half time which which felt like a very dominant 14 is a it never felt close scores um you know so yeah same of that it never felt close but you know scoreboard said differently uh and then the third quarter was just kind of a weird thing unto its own where iowa ran some what like three plays or something like that total of the third quarter 
Gophers had like a 17 play drive and got nothing, which is yeah, just hilarious. A 17 play drive and a 16 play drive within the course of the game, and, and so considering those two and you know the other 40 whatever minutes of the game, scored 17 points, and, and of course we all know that was in the last uh, last 10 seconds or whatever. Of the game. What so, a joke! Yeah, what, uh, what what did you make of the uh, the hullabaloo there at the end of the game with? I mean, I I knew Fleck was going to do whatever he could to try to get points on the board. I honestly thought when Kirk was calling all the timeouts, I was waiting for the first team defense to come back in and come back onto the field just as a middle finger. But I I like spiteful Kirk. I mean, in in a way, it was like I kind of wasn't following at at that point. Yeah, I was the same way. And Twitter is what kind of clued me into it. Yeah, just like one, because of bourbon, and then two. (laughs) Because, like, you know, like, there's 12 seconds left or whatever, and, you know, you, you kind of knew, like, well, it's either going to be, you know, 35-0 or 35-7, but neither of those really matter. So it was kind of, you know, moot point at that juncture. And, and then it just kept, like, the game, the game just kept being on. And I was like, well, what the hell's going on? Uh, but, yeah, yeah, kind of a funny little thing. And, of course, you know, Salty Petty Kirk comes out like he does about once a year or so, at least publicly, right? Comes out publicly like he does once or so a year and, uh, with his now infamous line about you know, taking Floyd and leaving the timeouts there, which was just, I mean, just. It's a real yeah. chef's kiss. Oh, wow. Yes. Good yes. job. Okay. We are, we are on the same page, aren't we? But, uh, yeah, running game, spectacular. Yep. Uh, Spencer, I don't know. What do you think about old Spence, Big Spence? Hey. Four games in now. I mean, he's, he's a first-time quarterback, so, uh, you know, you got to take that into consideration. That's the, the lens you're examining this through, but. I'm I'm really trying to keep those lenses on that you know he he didn't have spring ball didn't have full summer workouts lifting everything didn't have a regular camp didn't have the non-conference games to kind of you know get going and Brian Ferentz kind of made some comments today and speaking to the media you know it's it's tough to become a good quarterback via Zoom so it's I'm I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt for now I don't but I don't know I mean do you see a situation, say, this weekend it's a close game and, you know, Petrus is five of 19 throwing the ball, you know? is it Will they will they give Peach or will they give Padilla a shot, I wonder, if it gets to that point? I don't, probably not, but as, as loyal as Kirk is. But also this is the first, I mean, a lot of people have said this, but this is the first time where... In the offseason, they're like, he's our quarterback. Yeah, right. There's there was no open competition or anything like that. It was just from from the end of the of the holiday bowl, Petrus is our quarterback. Yeah, there's there was no mystery to it. And you know, and maybe that's why, and, and perhaps unfairly so, there was, you know, the expectations that there were. I mean, you you kind of couple that with the fact that, you know, you have all the all the the urban legend about him and, and breaking all the Jared, Jared Goff's records. records. I know. And, you know, just, you know, layer on top of that, uh, you know, kind of just the thirst that all of us had for, for, you know, college football and Iowa football to be back after what's been a admittedly terrible year. And, you know, everybody likes a new shiny toy, you know, just to throw all those things into a, to a bucket, mix it up. And yeah, the, the expectations probably uh, were a bit high, you know, I will follow that up, kind of speaking out both sides of my mouth by saying, like, I think the ability is still there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is not like, you know, Brian Ferentz or, or Ken O'Keefe or any college football staff 
is not going to be starting the guy who they think is the best, right? Yep. So I, I think, you know, um, it, it seems like uh, if I had to guess, and certainly this is my completely uninformed opinion, uh, but I would say a lot of the, a lot of the, the comfort and a lot of uh, where the settling in needs to occur is probably between the years because, uh, you know, by all accounts, uh, you know, the, the physical attributes are there, the leadership is there, uh, but yeah, when, when you look at uh, the, the box scores going back, like he was, yeah, 9 of 18, 111 yards. Granted, they didn't need him to throw. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, then you, you look back, you know, two games ago where he has 50 passing attempts know. Northwestern. Um, you, you, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a weird sort of thing, you know, look, looking again, if you kind of split the, the difference between the first two games and then the the two most recent games in, in terms of what he's been asked to do and the, the workload he's been asked to have. But uh, at least as of right now, they don't need Spencer Petras to go and win them games, but there certainly will come a time this season, you know, shortly, any time, where he is going to need to do that. I mean, he's going to – I would safe to assume he's going to need to make some good throws this weekend for them to win the game in Happy Valley. Um, yeah, and Penn, so Penn State uh, – What's the opposite of undefeated? Uh, they are all, all defeated. Yes, they're they're, de- they're defeated. They're defeated. Period. Yep. Capital D is defeated. I don't know. Yes. But yeah, so they're they're defeated. They're winless. Uh, but they're very talented. And oh yeah. They're they're a good enough team. If you if you take away, um, I heard this on the the Hawk Central podcast uh, with Chad Lystico and, and and Ross Peterson. If you take away uh, the game against Ohio State, because Ohio State is Ohio State, uh, like they're out gaining their opponents like incredibly, and uh, they have like twice as many first downs as their opponents. So you take out the one game against you know the juggernaut um, this year, and they're, they're actually really dominating. What, what, what's happening to them is they're they're getting uh, in big holes early and having to play catch up, and you know they they can only do that for for so long. So and so, I don't know. Uh, it, it, certainly, there's there's more we can talk about in, in regards to Minnesota, but I think that's the key against you know Penn State. Just don't don't give him any hope. Uh, try and suck the oxygen out of uh, you know an empty empty stadium there. Jump on him early and make it seem like it's the same old same old script. Well, and yeah, exactly. At this point, I mean, Iowa. There's a glimmer of hope for a. It's a very small chance at a at a division title and go into the championship game, but Penn State has nothing to play for. I mean, at this point, they might there might not be enough bowl games for them to get into a bowl game. If those are even happening. If those even happen at this point. But but you talk about outgaining their opponents. So, yeah, they lost to Nebraska last weekend. Nebraska had 298 total yards. Penn State had 501. Jeez. Penn State had 30 first downs to Nebraska's 17. Penn State only punted one time. No, oh wow! I wa- I did watch some of that game uh, until it was uh, clear, or at least it seemed clear that Nebraska was going to win. I know Penn State kind of made a little comeback towards the end, um, but they, I mean they, they looked they're Penn State, uh, which means their athletes are good. Yep. Of course, they're breaking in. You know, um, you know, KJ Hamler's on. Uh, they're breaking in a new quarterback. There's a, a lot of new pieces there. Really, you could kind of. You know, look at them as like a, a mirror image of Iowa in, in, in some respects in terms of uh, the loss of some of the impact players really on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, but they've got they've got the higher floor. You know, 
for sure. Oh, for sure. Now, that hasn't borne itself out in terms of wins and losses just yet. In, in fact, it's been you know, kind of a crazy swing to, to one end of the spectrum, but they're not going to be like this forever. And I think, uh, you know, the, the, the fear probably within the Hanson Performance Football Center there is, you know, that, that the Giants going to kind of awake uh, this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you I, you would think that, but man, I you could also say these guys have kind of given up on the year. They expended a lot of energy to even stay in that game last weekend, but these statistics from that game are insane. So Penn State had the ball 36 minutes to Nebraska's 23. Penn State ran 91 plays to Nebraska's 60. This is, Wow. I mean, and how you lose a game, and they only turn the ball over twice. But I guess with a seven-point game, that's uh, that's kind of the difference in the ball game there. But yeah, I mean, I know Nebraska had a defensive touchdown. They were up. You know, Nebraska was up what twenty-seven to six at at the at halftime. Yeah, there was a strip sack they took back for a, a score. That's right. So I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Penn State's zero and four. Uh, also, it's true that Iowa hasn't beat them in like a decade. Uh, Six straight, I think, something like that. Right now, yeah. So six straight I, matchups. One of those two things is going to give this weekend, right? Either Iowa's going to break their decade-long streak, or you know, Penn State's going to stop being defeated, winless. Uh, so I don't know. Um, if you look on, if you look on the sites around town, um, it's it's a it's a close call. Iowa is a small favorite, about two and a half points, depending on where you're looking. Uh, over under around forty-seven. So that's I'd say it's something like a 24-22 game, uh, 25-22. You know, 25 is kind of a, a weird number there for you know, the game played by sevens and threes typically. But it's certainly, you know, Vegas is not impressed necessarily by, you know, the last couple of games that Iowa has put up, even though, you know, they've completely dominated the last eight quarters of football. So, like I said, I think that kind of just points to the fact that, again, it's only a matter of time for Penn State. So, we'll see what happens. I really don't have any kind of sense of, of where I'll even come in on a prediction yet, even though I know that's something we're about to do here shortly, probably. But. I, I don't ever have a good feeling about – I used to feel very good about Iowa-Penn State. It seemed that I, like Kirk had their number. Um But, I don't know, something's happened, and, you know, I'm, I don't know how long James Franklin's been there now. Has he been there six, seven years? Five years? About six years or so, yeah. Like so that. really, it's kind of cool. Because he came in right after Bill O'Brien, right? Which yes. Is, the immediate, so yeah, that's, it seems like Bill O'Brien's been gone for a long time, but yeah, it kind of also seems like James Franklin hasn't been there for a long time, so I'd split the difference and call it six, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it just, I don't know, man. They just kind of seem snake bit by the old Nittany Lions, but, it'd be a, but, but it's always a close game, and that's the... Uh, I think that's almost kind of the except for a few years ago when, with uh, was that Akram's twenty sixteen maybe yeah because the following week they came back to Iowa City and beat Michigan, but I I don't know I I need to see it before I believe it I I don't feel great about the game just say that you could, no you no crowd you could say got to see it before I believe it for either team right true like Iowa has, haven't beat them in a decade got to see it before I believe it. State haven't really been great at all this year, so you know before. So I don't know. I I would I would pick this one as a uh, as a toss up. I mean, when you look at the way the games have broken for 
uh, for Penn State, I mean, they only lost to Ohio State by 13. I mean, yep. Less than two touchdowns. I mean, that's respectable. Uh, but then the following week, they lose to Maryland, who's not good, by 16. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, so, you know, they it does seem like they're kind of trending down. Uh, you know, they, they lost week one to Indiana by a single point in overtime. You know, looking back and knowing what we know now, there's no shame in that. Yeah. Uh, with Indiana apparently being who they are. But it, it does kind of feel like the, the air is kind of slowly being let out of the balloon. And gosh, you, you got to think that, man, if they go, I, I, I don't know what Penn State's schedule is off the top of my head, but man, if they go 0 and 5, um, I, just see, I just see them circling the drain quick and fast. So, so after, after this game, yeah, it's um, they go to Michigan, they go to Rutgers, and then they're home against Michigan State. Just plain hypotheticals, say they lose to Iowa um, and, uh, you know, to start 0-5. Not good at all. Uh, and then, you know, go to the big house the following week. Michigan this week is playing uh, Rutgers. So Michigan been real bad, but, uh, you know, let's be honest, they're going to get right against Rutgers. So, so it's Michigan int- is, is going to come in feeling a little bit better about themselves, even though yep. they've had a disappointing year, too. Yep. Penn State drops this one. I see them just getting just cratering. I mean, I mean, if, if Penn State goes zero and five, they're gonna go zero and six. Yeah, I don't see them beating. A, Which is just wild to think about. But you know, it's interesting. In every one of Penn State's games so far, they've been down double digits at halftime. And, and you know, so kind of to my earlier point, that's the recipe, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, uh, they, they they've shown this trend four times in a row, every single game. You know, getting down big, getting down double digits. Um, sometimes, you know, Indiana and, and, you know, also against Nebraska, they can kind of, uh, scratch and claw their way back and make a game out of it. Uh, sometimes, you know, they, they kind of make us look a little bit respectable at the end, but never really had a chance. So, um, I think though there, there's a blueprint though, right? So Iowa kind of showed a similar thing against Minnesota, even though it was just, like I said, a couple scores, it, it felt like more than that, but I say, you know, instead of doing your, you know, your Spencer Petras bootleg sneaks and your, you know, Amir Smith Marset kind of rub screen, you know, to get in the end zone, uh, in the second half or in the fourth quarter, like pound the rock. Just, just I, I say do that early. Whatever you need to do to get points early. I see. I kind of, I kind of think the opposite. I think in the I, second half, though, if you can get a lead. Half, yeah. Yeah. Pull, pull, pull out your exotics in the first half. Just kind of. You know, pull out all the stops to, to get points and, you know, sevens as opposed to threes. And then, you know, that, what do you do that? That's going to get in their heads. That's going to have them thinking it's the same old script. Uh, and then you just, yeah, in the second half, just break their will. Pound the rock. Tyler Goodson, move the pile. And uh, just, just completely, you know, snatch their soul and you know, leave it there and stop on So looking at kind of what they've given up, they haven't – also, statistically, how they lost to Indiana is just absurd. Also, they had almost 500 yards of total offense against Indiana. Indiana barely had over 200. But um, they're giving up. I mean, it's the most they've given up yardage-wise on the on the ground. They gave up 208 to Ohio State, which a lot of teams would probably give up 200 yards rushing to Ohio State. But um, I think yeah, like you said, I think get up early and then. Do what Kirk loves to do most in the second half and just bleed that clock. Run the ball. 
ball control. I don't know if that's, uh, if that's uh, you know, Spencer, if that's him carrying the load. I'm, I'm sure that'd be a, a huge boost of confidence. He, he kind of seems like, you know, it seems like he's going to be good for that that one real nice kind of touch throw that, you know, the fade to Brandon Smith, or I, I really love the game, you know, kind of that, that rub route to Amir Smith-Larsen when they were about, what, on like the four or five, something mm-hmm. like that. You know, you, you do have to have touch on those balls, but it's like, you know, you kind of get that one snapshot or glimmer of it, you know, each game. Um, if you can only kind of sustain or, or put together some of those. I need more of the, I need more one-on-one throws to Brandon Smith. Yeah, oh, yes, always. In zone doesn't matter. Uh, just anytime, anytime he's one on one, check to go. Just go and throw it up and let him go get it. Because I can't think of too many times where he hasn't come down with the ball. With his massive, what's he wear like triple XL receiving gloves, and the dude's a high jump champion. Just let him go get the damn ball. So it, you know, it, it's really kind of something too, considering you know in. Uh... In addition to kind of the, the hoopla around, you know, Spencer coming in this year was, of course, you know, the, the headline uh, of the offense was Tyler Goodson, and then right there with it was, you know, all of the receiving weapons, you know, Brigani, Tracy, Smith, Smith, Marcel, Laporta, uh, you know, Byers been showing up, uh, you know, in terms of getting some, some looks. Uh, so, you know, it's certainly not for, for lack of, of options. Uh, I don't know if maybe that makes it perhaps even more difficult, like he's feeling like he's got to distribute the ball around or, or what necessarily, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's going to work itself out one way or another. I'm not losing any sleep over it. Um, you know, I think if nothing else, what this all shows is that it's really pretty hard to be a, a Big Ten uh, quarterback or, or, you know, in a good Big Ten quarterback. Hell, Adrian Martinez has done it for six years, and he's still good, <laughs> so... Um, oh, you know, I, I'm certainly not ready to uh, you know, to give up on, on Spencer Petrus by any stretch of the imagination. But you're absolutely right, though. Like, you know, at, at some point it, it's going to click, um, or it's or it's not. And, and you know, I, I think that point is, is well in the future, though. For sure. Um, some big game, some big other games this weekend, though, in the Big Ten. Should we? Check cancellation that we know of one cancellation well. maryland can't get their sh- stuff in order so they're them and uh michigan state have been canceled but you know that's not really nothing really here nor there nobody would want to watch that anyway um so. northwestern and wisconsin is this weekend that's uh that's a, that's a good one then damn it that's a 230 also damn that is at northwestern um so that's going to be that'll be an interesting one. What are, of course, top ten teams: uh, Indiana and Ohio State. Yep, Ohio State is still a I think I believe twenty and a half point favorite. Yeah, it's, it's not even close. So, yeah, I, I, I do. I think the the most intriguing matchup of the, of the weekend is easily that that Wisconsin Northwestern. I mean that that is the Big Ten West. Yeah, so Iowa needs um, Northwest. Iowa probably needs Wisconsin to win that game. Then you need Wisconsin to lose. You need Wisconsin to lose again somewhere before. You need to probably hope that the old Gophers cannot. Gophers or Indiana can knock off Wisconsin in the next two weeks after they win. It could happen. It's happened before. It happened last year. And then, uh, yeah. So if, if Iowa can, so it's there is still. I mean, there's still a chance there. It's it's very small to get to the Big Ten championship. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not holding that. 
coach up on that. So, you know, really what I'm hoping for is, uh, you know, at least to me, when I look at Iowa and, and the rest of their schedule this year, it is, you know, kind of winning, winning the winnables and, you know, kind of get, getting right against in some places that, you know, you haven't in a while. So here's uh, here's a crazy I one. Would, I, would, I would love if that meant running the t- table, but I'd certainly take uh, – um, you know, three and one to, to end the year. Who do you think Iowa would play right now on that championship weekend as the fourth spot in the Big Ten West now against the fourth spot in the Big Ten East? So I, I won't cheat. So it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be Ohio State. It's not going to be Michigan State or Penn State. Um, would it be Michigan? No. It would be the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. Yep. Well, technically, there's a tie because they, the, they have the tie break. Because 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 them and Michigan State are both one and three, and they've got the tiebreaker over Michigan State. Yep, be my assumption. Yeah. God, oh my God. that would that would be something. I would. I kind of hope that Iowa does play Michigan in that championship weekend thing, but I'd love to I mean, beat the shit out of Harbaugh. I mean, honestly, I. Kind of just looking at the standings now, I, I would take any matchup that they're really in line to get because it's not going to be Indiana and it's not going to be Ohio State. Yeah, um, take them off the board. It's not going to be Penn State. So if you're looking at the the rest of you know Maryland, Michigan, or Rutgers, mm-hmm. uh, because they've already played Michigan State, I'll take Iowa over any of those three: Maryland, Michigan, Rutgers. Yeah, you give me any of them. I'll care. So we gotta, as as Iowa for Iowa fans need to uh, be cheering for the Gophers the next two weeks. Gophers yes. they get Purdue at home. They play another Friday night game this week. Turntables have turned for you, huh? Yes, I know. Right, it's gross. Um, yeah, they play Purdue this week and then Wisconsin next week. So they could really do some favors for the old uh, old Hawkeye fans. But looking at Purdue's schedule, man, they got. Minnesota, Rutgers, Nebraska. They do have, they end the year with Indiana, so that'll be a tough one. But I, I, I wouldn't think Iowa ends up fourth in the West, but it's a weird year. Everything's so weird. I hate it. Everything is weird. I mean, certainly, um, you know, you've seen plenty of cancellations. I think last weekend was a record number of games getting canceled at 15. This weekend's already got more cancellations than that, so – at the very least, you know, you shouldn't be taking that, uh, you know, these eight or nine games is, is a lock to, to all happen. Yeah. Know, for sure. So Ugh. enjoy it while you can. And, yeah, I mean, ex- expect the unexpected. I don't know. I mean, are you? I, I think I'm to the point where I can I've kind of work through things a little bit in terms of uh, a prediction. What are you – what are you What are you feeling? <sighs> I've been thinking honestly. I've been thinking about this like all day <laughs> about how, how I what I was, what I'm feeling for that, and I go back and forth. Um, if there were fans there, I would probably say for sure. I think I would take Penn State, even though they are undefeated or they're defeated. Sorry, but I mean, rose-colored glasses. I'm gonna go with the Hawks. Let's go. Um, I haven't seen what the weather's supposed to be. Let's see what the old uh, Happy Valley weather forecast is for 
for Saturday. Okay, looks like Saturday, high of 51, low wind, low chance for precipitation, sunny. So should be a nice day there. Oh, shit. Um, let's go. I'll go Hawks. 27. Penn State. 23. All right. I dig it. I don't mind it. Uh, I'm going to go. That's the over, probably. It's got to be. What did you say? 27? 27, 23. So it's at 50. What is it? Yeah, yeah. That's the over. That... Um, I'm also going to do. I'm also going to do the, actually, I'm not Dig it. So I mean, I mean the defense is just playing. Honestly, in a, in a way, seventeen feels like too much considering. Defense has looked very, very good. They've given up fourteen points in the last two games total um, against uh, an admittedly terrible Michigan oh, State offense. Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota, man. Minnesota offense. So I'm, I'm, I am high on the defense right now. Um, so very. Seventeen even kind of feels weird, but thirty to seventeen Hawks. Um, bet your house. <laughs> nice. I did. Side note: uh, Jack Campbell coming back. I think is a nice little shot in the arm for the defensive middle linebacker. Big guy, big, fast, athletic dude. What six five two forty? I believe is what he's listed at. Good Phil boy. Phil Parker said today in interviews. It reminds him a lot of he. He's got a lot of the same traits as uh, one of the outlaw Josie Jewell. So he'd probably take a few of those on on you know any roster. So only a sophomore there for for old Jack. So I think um, so. That's kind of how we feel about the game this weekend. I think we're going to take a quick break here and come back. Uh, we have an Iowa basketball schedule for the most part. Everything except for yeah. it, it only took them until less than a week yeah. before the the first game was supposedly about to start. Yeah, I mean because without a schedule, you don't really know. But nope. yeah, surprise, guys, we're, we're doing a bunch of basketball games starting next week. Yeah, so uh, we'll have that looked. To look forward to it, we're going to go, we're going to, like I said, take a quick break here, uh, and we'll be right back to uh, kind of look at the schedule and give our initial thoughts. This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. All right, welcome back. And a quick thank you to our sponsors, uh, Deadeye Barbecue Sauce, um, from broadcasting live from the Deadeye Barbecue Sauce studios. But let's talk some basketball. Iowa basketball starts in less than a week. 
So that's exciting. And also kind of like, oh, wow. Yeah, it is like six days from now. I will be playing basketball. And, uh, I mean, and a little bit terrifying if you're, if you're one of the, the types that kind of knows what it feels like to be an Iowa basketball fan, even during, you know, the, the real up years, you know, thinking of seasons when Fran has, you know, gotten a, a team into the top five, top three, you know. Yes. In the, you know, in the midst of a season, uh, you know, that's one thing. And, you know, what happened that, uh, that season, you know, all Hawkeye basketball fans remember. But now when you're starting the season there and the bullseye is firmly on your back. It's so weird. Feels a little different. Feels a little different. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? So we, we got the schedule. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we, we kind of really knew uh, what the non-conference was going to be like. It was really just a matter of, you know, how many Big Ten games is a conference going to um, you know, schedule. Uh, who who is going to be you know the the home and homes versus kind of just the one offs, uh, all the things like that. But now now that you've seen it and gotten a chance to eyeball it, uh, what do what do you think? So top five team, uh, you know at least as of as of this taping, uh, what do you think they end up at the end of the year? Uh, well, we we kind of did our own like, like little individual W and L throughout the schedule, and I think I have them at ending the season at nineteen and six. Preliminarily, um, you know, barring no games are canceled due to COVID or anything. That is one that is the first thing that stood out to me looking at this schedule is was there's a lot of games packed in there within a short period of time. I mean, there's three games a week, which doesn't usually happen a lot during the season. But so that's going to be one thing I think to keep an eye on. Um and just can you keep your legs, which from that perspective, it's probably a good thing that the Hawks have a lot of depth this year. Because um, come, right? come mid-February, there could be some tired legs here in this conference. So, but yeah, I think 19-6. and six, um, I think they split the big non-conference games. I think they beat North Carolina. I think they lose to Gonzaga. Uh, conference, well, I didn't break it up as to conference. But I think, obviously, they'll... Iowa State game isn't scheduled yet. I would guess it's either going to be that uh, Friday, December 4th, or Friday, December 11th would be my assumption. It's a, it's a shame we'll have to break our tradition of going to the, the front row steak night. Yes. Iowa State basketball game, but, you know, being mindful, being responsible. Next so, year. All right. Oh, you, 2021, I'm telling you off. 2021. <laughs> it's going to be lit. cc my boss right now. I'm taking a whole year off, so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think nineteen and six, and given the conference, the the toughness of this conference, I would guess that would probably keep Iowa ranked for sure in the top fifteen um, by the end of the season, depending on losses. I think I mean I can just kind of run through the conference here real quick. I would say I think at Rutgers is a loss. I'm going to say at Michigan State is a loss. At Illinois. Um, at Wisconsin, at Michigan. Is that five? I think that's five. So in, in addition to Gonzaga, and yeah, honestly, this is going to be a super boring uh, analysis, but I, I, I went through the schedule and uh, I came up with the exact same 19 and six, you know, 18 and six, 19 and six type of breakdown. Uh, I got a four and one non-conference. Yep. Same thing as you. Um, 
that's probably you know a little bit a little bit homerish. Uh, you know, three and two is a, a realistic possibility. You know, when you're two non-cupcake or you know when your two power five opponents are North Carolina and Gonzaga. I mean, three and two. There's no shame in that if you were three and two. But I'm still going to go ahead and as of right now, uh, oh, not as of right now, just period. I'm going to take them. Uh, you know, four and one. Uh, in the non-conference, and then uh, you know, just the, the schedule is really interesting to me. I, I didn't, I didn't pick up at all, kind of that that condensed format that you bring up in terms of you know having quite a few games, um, you know, in in certain weeks. But now that I'm looking at it, you're you're absolutely right. And in a, in a lot of the ways, the schedule looks kind of wide open um, to to really start strong. And then the the month of February is just murderers row. Um, so the month of February has uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. Uh, and again, kind of like you said, barring uh, you know no cancellations, and then who knows what's going to happen with COVID. But as it so right that's now, what that's basically a game every three days. Yeah, and I, and I should say, you know, the month of February on, so uh, it does bleed over until the, the first week of March. The schedule or the, the regular season schedule does, but. Nine games to end the year, seven of those against ranked teams, and a lot of the the big ones uh, on the road, you know, at Michigan State. Uh, and again, kind of like you said, you know, that the crowd's not going to be a factor. I was going to say that's that's going to be an interesting factor, though, is because that's that was kind of my factoring into picking these losses is the environments of those road venues. But without fans, who knows what that's going to mean. February is going to make or break kind of where, you know, how close we end up. Uh, at Michigan State, who's currently ranked number 13. Right after that, at Wisconsin, who's ranked number 7 currently. And then your your final three games are at Ohio State, at Michigan, both ranked teams. And then you finish up with Wisconsin for a second time in the three weeks, give or take. Um, or, excuse me, versus Wisconsin in Iowa City, but playing them for a second time in, in three weeks, give or take. So that – that last third of the schedule is just murderer's row. So I think, uh, you know, it'll be, um, it'll be important to kind of take, take the winnables, win the winnables, you know, kind of start strong, uh, hopefully kind of split in those, those two big non-conference games, get a, get a jump on the, the standings in terms of the, the early Big Ten schedule. And then, uh, like you said, a lot, of, a lot of stuff can happen between you know, now and, and March 7th when the when the regular season ends. Um, so hopefully, you know, kind of getting that groove, finding out what your, you know, rosters and rotations are going to look like, as well as kind of having that, you know, health and depth and, you know, availability, <laughs> all of which are, you know, certainly none, none of which are a given uh, this year is, uh, it'll be interesting. But I, I came in at the exact same spot that you did, 19 and 6, so super, super groundbreaking, super novel, but uh, I, I would agree with you. I think 19-6 with, uh, you know, kind of where you start um, in terms of being a top five team and, you know, considering the conference is is going to get you, um, is going to get you a top three, four seed uh, in, in the NCAA tournament. I think, I think, yeah, the goal for sure is a top three seed. Um, I mean, Regional, everybody's. It's we're probably looking at an NCAA tournament bubble this year, so that won't be as big of a factor. Um, you know, p- 
playing closer to home or anything like that because everything's probably going to be in the Indianapolis area and there's probably not going to be fans. So um, that's if that's however the NCAA can make their money, they're going to do it. So, which I think, I don't know, it might kind of be cool, a, kind of a, the bubble aspect and playing in all these random gyms in the Indianapolis area. I think, or Indiana really in general. The state of Indiana is kind of what they, from the looks of it, um, small colleges. Even I think I, I saw in there, one guy kind of put out, laid out all these venues. There's, you know, a big Indianapolis high school that holds like 7,200 people. So, you know, that could be something that if, how cool would that be if that's your high school and you're hosting an NCAA tournament games? It's It, I, it could be pretty fun. It could be kind of a unique, uh, fun year of, that's a weird year, but could still have something that you're like, oh, that was actually pretty fun. But um, I, I think weird is the uh, you know weird is the, uh, the the buzzword here because yeah, who, who, the, who the hell knows? But you know, hopefully you get through each and every game. I mean, if you had to, to take you know in terms of betting, if, if you had to bet, you know, is Iowa going to play every single game that's currently listed on the schedule versus not? I mean, I'd say no because there, there's there's going to be the odds of them missing out on at least one of these games is going to be is more likely than not. So. And yeah, and specifically with specifically in regards to Iowa, um, it's been reported that all but probably two of the players have had COVID already. I've already dealt with it. Um, the two that are rumored to have not had it are, you know, kind of bigger names. Um, there's reference that it was probably Joe Wieskamp and CJ Frederick are the two that have not uh, been diagnosed with it yet. So, but again, like we we were talking about it, I mean, a basketball team is easier to mitigate that kind of stuff than 105 guys on the football team. So, true, true. Um, it's a little bit a little bit easier to manage that risk um, as long as you're kind of staying in your little bubble with the, your teammates that you know have or have not had it and smart about everything hopefully you can keep it under control but college kids are dumb i was one of them we we were and we were dumb so we can confirm that um confidently um who do you think is going to in your starting five for this basketball team man that's a that's a good question and you know i think it's a good question because i i don't think it's as straightforward as you might as one might think right so uh, the lock of all locks is Luka Garza. Yes. Um, I think, you know, following up with that uh, at the three is Joe Wieskamp. Yep. No question. So Luka Garza is an A-plus pick yep. uh, for a starter. Joe Wieskamp is an A. Uh, that's how I see it. Um, after that, it gets uh, a little bit interesting. I mean, C.J. Frederick came off the bench last year. Um, you know, in, in stance, of course, he had his health issues. Um I, I don't think there's a way you don't start Jordan Bohannon. Mm. Okay. I, 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 so, so yeah, and, and this is where it gets this is where it gets interesting, right? So starting five, one through five, um, Bohannon, uh, McCaffrey, which is really not a, a two. Um, he's kind of like a, a one point five, so it's almost kind of like having two point guards out there. But I don't. Know, I go Bohannon, McCaffrey. Uh, Wieskamp, Garza, then I, I'm really kind of, I, I don't know. Do you, is CJ that guy? 
um, CJ Frederick? Is he that guy? Do you do you put like you put Jabo off the ball? Maybe Toussaint at one, Connor at three, Joe at four. Um, that, that's where it really starts to get interesting for me. I don't know. What do you think? I'm bringing Jabo off the bench. I I understand it. I just. You gotta, I just got to put some respect on his name. I, I, oh, and I, I get that. Um, my starting five, I would probably go Connor. Obviously, Luca, Wieskamp, Connor. I think CJ Frederick. Is that four? And Joe. Joe. Camp, right? Toussaint? No, Wieskamp. I don't know if you Frederick, Wieskamp, McCaffrey, Luca. So basically, that is in essence starting Frederick over Bohannon. Yes, and I, honestly, I would have a, I would have a problem starting Tucson and having Jabo as kind of the shot in the arm offensively at the at the under sixteen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I understand it basketball wise, and, and I. I I understand it basketball-wise. I almost even understand it perhaps to a certain extent how it would make sense for next year, you know, because, you know, you know with, with Bohannon being a senior, even though this year it is a free year for winter sport athletes. Uh, I don't think he's probably, coming back. I, I don't think he's coming back. I think he's probably had his fill in the NCAA. Um, I don't know. I, I can see this being a thing that changes throughout the year, too. So perhaps the, uh, the starting five that you see – Week one against North Carolina Central might not be the same starting five that you see once they, uh, you know, begin conference play against, uh, you know, Purdue a month later. No, I think I think he's got that he's got that uh, versatility in his lineup. You can kind of do stuff with matchups. I mean, which is that could be good or bad. <laughs> true. Because um, like I don't think you can start Nunji with Luca. I think you got to keep those two. Probably separate. I think you can play them together, but you kind of want to more or less platoon them or, or, you know, kind of have them play opposite one another more so than not. Yeah, I think Nunji's kind of the, the cleaner role. Yeah. So he's yeah. going to step in for sure this year. No, great analogy. Um, it's I, I, it's it's going to be tough. I think it's a I think this is a pretty selfless team. From the from everything you're hearing so far, um, I I hopefully so hopefully Fran won't you know piss anybody off too much. Um, there's a good article about the freshman class. They sound like they're you know just kind of here to do whatever's needed of them. They're not expecting them to any of them to come in and you know play 25 minutes a game. Um, I think I think the Murray twins are going to surprise. I'm kind of excited to see them in a game. Um, I'm thinking we'll see some nice, uh, nice glimpses. If, if I if I were to be asked a word about how you will, how we will experience the Marie Twins this season, I would say in glimpses. Glimpses of where the only way you can tell them apart is if you can see their numbers. Yes, thankfully, thankfully there is that distinguishing factor. Also, what about I keep forgetting about Patrick McCaffrey. <laughs> so I mean, uh, so depending on who you have starting, to, to me there is a very easy or very clear line even with you know kind of guys six, seven, eight. Uh, 
um, in, in that six, seven, eight group, depending on who you're starting, uh, you know, Bohannon or Frederick, in my scenario, it would be, you know, the, the six, seven, eight guys would be Frederick, um, Munji, and Patrick, like, easy. Um, I think after that is then where, you know, kind of at spots nine and ten, or excuse me, in, in two, I throw, excuse me, Tucson in there too. So, um, you know, really top nine seems to be pretty clear for me. Yeah, there might be some some movement between the starting five and, and who slides in and out of that, you know, depending on who you ask. But one through nine are all established guys. I think once you get any further than that, that's when it's going to break into that who, depending on, you know, position, need, health, et cetera, uh, out of that freshman five uh, comes to the comes to the forefront. And, and, you know, perhaps that could even be situationally too, you know, depending on the matchup and the team that you're playing. And I think, I mean, the they had a little team scrimmage here. I know it's in the last, well, week or so. I think we saw on – that Tom Kakert from Hawkeye Report was talking about had some nice things. Uh, what uh, I don't think Wieskamp played. But he was uh, he had a little ankle thing, I think. Yep, and neither did uh, Ogundele. There is a pronunciation key finally on there. Ogundele is how it's pronounced. Ogundele. Okay, there you go, Hawkeye fans. Josh Ogundele is how it's pronounced. Um, I don't think he played either in the scrimmage. Um, but I think he's probably a guy, maybe, maybe the old North Carolina central game or Northern Illinois or Southern, they'll be up by enough to where you can at least maybe just throw him in and get his feet wet. You know, that, that is, that is the flip side of this, this schedule and in this team in terms of their expectations, right? Like you're not presumably, um, going to have a lot of, um, very clear opportunities for these guys to get meaningful minutes. If, if all goes to plan, right? Yep. It was interesting to read uh, that uh, Gable Ashaney reached out to Agundale about uh, coming to Iowa and everything like that. It was kind of interesting. I've seen that to a fellow fellow uh, Englishman, and I think even uh, I think they even said at, after um, you know Agundale committed, you know, kind of continued to, to stay in contact and just to help him get acclimated, acclimate whatever questions he might have, all that kind of stuff. So no, I um, think I mean, sir, it's speaks to Fran of the program, the guys. How the guys who have left the program feel about him? I think I think Aaron Ulis might surprise. I think he might play a little bit more than probably people would suspect. But I mean, as far as you know, I don't think that means he's going to be playing double digit minutes a game. No, no. But I think he'll. I think when he's in there, you'll notice him um, for yeah. sure. And Fran finally got his Ulis, his Ulis uh, kid. But just uh, just you know, a short six seven years. Too late, right? Yep. But no, I mean, I'm excited, man. But yeah, this time next week, they'll have already played a game. They play at 3 o'clock on the 25th. Is that right? 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, yeah. First, I saw kind of weird. The first two games were kind of part of that little um, MT Hawkeye challenge. Yeah, that they'll be hosting there at Carver. And then after that is, is when it'll get real. So yeah, mm-hmm. next week. Um, yeah. It, schedule is so weird so next week two games Wednesday Friday um and then the following week nothing yep and then yeah follow up game three that's why you have to assume that the Iowa State game is going to be between the Southern and North Carolina game granted does Iowa State have a schedule that's a a great question 
question. I can't say that I follow their athletics program all that closely. Um, let's do a quick. Let's do a quick. Yeah. So Iowa State plays right now. The only thing I see on the schedule, they play DePaul on December sixth. Let's see if we That's do. The only thing they have. Uh, let me see here. Oh no, they have more games. December 6th, they play DePaul, which is a Sunday. So, I mean, you could still realistically play that December 4th. Then right now on their schedule, they don't have a game until December 15th. So that December 11th might be the the magic, uh, the date that you kind of look at there. But December 4th, I don't know. They also play on December 2nd. So December 11th might be a little more realistic for Iowa State than, than December 4th. They play the as uh clones played South Dakota State on December second and then which is a Wednesday and then that following Sunday they host DePaul in Ames, so either way, um, you know, not not too long ago, college football didn't seem uh like it had much of a shot at all. Um, college basketball, you know, was a few months in the future, so you kinda held out hope but didn't really know for sure. Um, so regardless, I'll be I'll be happy to snatch up whatever little morsels of uh, of these two happen at the same time, and then you know, hopefully, you know, with any luck, kind of the continued um, relatively full schedule um, of yes, basketball, but of course, specifically Iowa. Did you know? Basketball. Did I you did know that Iowa State has Jay, former Illinois Fighting Illini Jalen Coleman lands? But, I mean, they, they've continued to kind of be transfer you, right? He's so. a senior. He has got to be, like, 23 years old. He was a true freshman in two, in 2015. He's born in 19. He's 24 years old. <laughs> he will be 25 next summer. Huh. That is, uh, he played it two years at Illinois, three years at, two years at DePaul, and now he, for some reason, gets a fifth year. Because he was at DePaul for three years, and he redshirted one of the years. But I mean, I tell you what, Prom's had Prom's got to give credit where, where it's due. I mean, can't beat Iowa as of late, but yeah. he's getting big recruits and you know continuing to to reload the roster. Had a had a guy you know drafted twelfth uh, overall and in, in Halliburton. So um, Iowa State doesn't lack for talented guys by any means. No. Um, Got some know, interesting names on their team this year. Couple years is that the uh, you know the sum is greater than the whole of the parts or whatever the hell that phrase is. It's about ten forty five, and I've had a little bit of wine and a little bit of beer. So, um, yeah, they're they're, they're a good team, uh, and, and they've got good players, but they haven't quite put it together at least against Iowa in the last couple of years. Clones got two, Clones got two guys that are could be on the all name team. Uh, a Dudley Blackwell and. All right, and Darlin Stone Dubar. Darlin Stone as a first name. Yes. Du- Dubar. Dubar. D U B A R is the last name. First that name like, Darlin Stone. That sounds like a name, a fake name you use to check into a hotel when you don't want to reveal your true identity or something. Very much so. Well, I think we've uh, probably wasted enough of your time. I hope so. Right. Yep. A sufficient amount. But uh, so we both. 
good records for Iowa basketball. I think uh, I feel like nineteen and well, I don't want to say nineteen and six or that kind of area is kind of the floor, but you would hope so. I mean, that that would be in line with where they're starting the year raced, right? Which which is five. So again, you know, I think I, I, I said, uh, you know, last week or a couple weeks ago, the only things that are worthless than preseason football rankings in college are preseason college basketball rankings. So, uh, but, but I do think, you know, you, you know what you have with this Iowa team. You know, yep. sometimes those are very speculative, those rankings, but I think that, I think, you know, people a lot smarter than me um, can have a pretty informed uh, view of, of where they see Iowa fitting in. And if they say five, I guess, I, I guess, I guess I believe them. So still um, makes my uh, still makes my palms a little sweaty. Yeah, knees weak, arm spaghetti for yep. sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll see where it goes. That, that's why they play the game, right? Yep. So hopefully uh, we get a big Hawkeye football victory in Happy Valley. Um, we'll talk at you next week sometime with uh, Thanksgiving. We hope uh, hopefully you have a good Thanksgiving. Hopefully you have a safe and smart Thanksgiving. Um, just. Wear a mask, you know, be smart. Um, But we'll probably talk at you sometime next week. But in the meantime, go Hawks. We'll talk to you later.